0: So welcome it's nice to see everybody for this half day of practice on the inner strength of non obsession that's the the title and the, the really the aim is that it'll be an afternoon of shamatha and vipassana practice which i know those of you who i know on the call which i think is just about everyone um, i know you've all done both of those forms of practice and so my hope is that we'll really have an opportunity to calm and uplift the mind during these few hours of dedicated practice. We'll have um, various kinds of meditation, sitting and walking, some teachings, and a chance for Q&A at the end, and I'll give a, a, a bit of a talk at the end also. I think also that some of you are here from the class I did recently on Um, renunciation for lay people. So you can consider that the practices that we're doing today are about the second and the third teachings that we had, which were on letting go of mental patterns and letting go of our clinging to the sense of self. Um, But it doesn't matter. You didn't have to have been in that class to be here. So I would say that nearly everybody has encountered obsessive Thinking on the cushion and maybe in regular life, also, and has at least to some degree realized how painful it is. Um, It also shows some weakness in the mind, a willingness to get wrapped up instead of having the strength to be mindful, doesn't it? So, why is it that we're letting this happen? We can feel that that's how it is. Don't worry, this is not a personal failing. We're going to, don't be concerned or worried about this. Um, We're going to learn today a little bit more about how that is happening and so how we can work with that a little bit better. So don't be concerned or worried if your mind gets obsessed. It's very normal. Um, If you're here, which means that you're already practicing, um, you're already getting stronger, actually. And this is not a kind of strength that we can get through will, like we could will ourselves to go to the gym and lift weights and get stronger in our body, this is a kind of uh, strength that only comes from practice. I mean, I guess you need the will to to practice and some of the understanding of that. So um, yeah, so don't worry. In addition, we can consider that having an obsessive mind or being obsessed by something Create suffering in the world also, off the cushion. So we know how it is on the cushion when we're trying to be on the breath and our mind is going and going to something else. Um, but it's also suffering off the cushion for you and for those around you. The Buddha pointed out in a discourse about how to be a helpful community member. It's interesting, right? That's the subject of the sutta, is how to be a good community member. And what he talks about is that one of the best ways to do this is to practice deeply enough that we are no longer obsessed by compulsive thought patterns. It's intriguing, isn't it, that this finds its, this shows itself where in a sutta about um, community living. So it's a service to the world to be less obsessed. Um, here's a quote from that sutta. Here, a practitioner gone to the forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut considers thus, is there any obsession unabandoned in myself that might so obsess my mind that I cannot know or see things as they actually are? So that's kind of the reflection question that the person poses to themselves. Is there anything that could obsess me so much that I would get lost and I wouldn't be able to see things as they are? And then uh, it goes on to list various things that might obsess our mind, just so that we can be clear They include sensual desire, ill will, sloth and torpor, restlessness and remorse, doubt. You might recognize those first five as the five hindrances. And then it goes on. Speculation about this world, speculation about the other world, quarreling and brawling, (laughs) or getting in arguments. So in other words, it's pointed out in each case, it's pointed out that these things are things that might obsess our mind. So the focus is not really on these objects. Like it doesn't ever say those are the five hindrances amongst there are these five hindrances. It focuses on whether or not we're getting obsessed by them. So the focus is on the fact of being obsessed, which is interesting. Um, so it says, How I read this is that obsession itself is something that we can practice with. Um, It might be that the mind could still have these things, like the five hindrances, you know, ill will or doubt or speculation of some kind. It could still have those things, but simply not to the degree that we would get obsessed by them and cause suffering in our community. So I like this. It makes it sound doable. Um, We don't need to completely get rid of all the hindrances. We don't need to completely solve all the issues in the mind. We just have to get to the point where we could know that we are not going to be so obsessed with these things that they damage our ability to see clearly. That sounds a little more doable, doesn't it? So that's, I think, reasonable, a reasonable goal for, for us as regular everyday lay practitioners. So then the question becomes, how do we practice with obsession? I would say there are two components to that. One is we have to recognize that it's happening. Can we recognize when we're obsessed? And then secondly, how could the mind be free from it even while it's happening? Even if we can't completely eliminate it, how could we be free from it such that it will not so obsess our mind that we're having problems? So we're going to explore this today there are practices that help us work with obsession. There's an interesting uh, teaching from the Vasudhi Maga uh, that's a later commentary, but it has it's still very connected to the teachings in the Pali Canon. And it lists some um, three different kind of levels of difficulties that we have with our mind. And the first is called the level of transgression And that is, and each one is said to be addressed by one of the three trainings. So transgression means we're actually committing acts that are harmful. And that is addressed by the training on ethical conduct, Sila. So transgression, and, and so these are kind of things where our mind has gotten so wrapped up in things that we're actually speaking or acting in ways that are harmful. So that is that's addressed through working with our ethical conduct. Um, the second one is called obsession. <laughs> and that is um, so that means the sort of the mental getting wrapped up in things mentally. Maybe we're not speaking or acting, but we're, you know, we know how this is in the mind, right? We're stuck in a mental pattern, we're stuck in something that's gotten our attention. And that is said to be addressed through shamatha practice, through uh, development of concentration and the uh, sitting on the cushion and developing the mind. So uh, I don't think these are completely one-to-one correspondence, but they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> and then the um, kind of the third level of problems that our mind would have are what's called the underlying tendencies. Um, so these are the, um, the things that sort of the roots of these problems way down deep in the mind that's causing the mind to think these thoughts and get obsessed with these things and ultimately to act. And those tendencies can only be overcome through insight through the training in, in wisdom, in seeing clearly. So in our practice today, because inspired by this teaching, I decided that for the beginning of our practice this afternoon, we would work with shamatha and we would do some calm abiding practice in order to um, settle the mind, calm the mind first. And then we're gonna do some investigation so that we can understand better uh, what it is about obsession that is getting into our mind. And I'll give a a few teachings along the way to give a flavor of that. And then I'll give a Dharma talk at the end that kind of ties it together. So yeah, so first we're going to do some calm abiding, then we'll do some more Vipassana type practice. And my hope is that this afternoon will be uh, a time with a fair amount of of quiet and meditation. I don't want to talk the whole time. I don't want to give you too many things to obsess about. So um, are there any questions as we get started? Welcome to the other folks who have arrived, by the way.
1: Kim, it's Chris here. Yeah, Chris. Um, I, I thought at first you were um, giving us a, a list of three things and maybe I missed the third one. I um, you were speaking of Asutamaga and the problems of the mind, you said transgression. And then obsession was there a third one
0: yeah the third one is the underlying tendencies
1: oh okay gotcha. so
0: the the subtle there's technically there's seven of them the anusaya but i don't want to go into that teaching so they're the roots from which these other problems come forth yeah that looks like it answered your question okay sandy
1: uh, yeah uh,
0: i just wanted the uh, citation for the suta about how to be a good community member that's SN- that's MN48, the Kosambians. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So with that, we'll um we'll begin our first meditation.
1: I had a question. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Anita. Um so you know, as usual, the Dharma is very t- timely. I was dealing with this problem all day today. Um I was just, you know, I, I wanted to go on a bike ride and I just could not get the pump to work. And that's when my aversion started and everything was not, and I could see my mind pattern. So it was the obsession for sure. I didn't commit any transgression, but how on earth I could not calm enough to sit down and do shamatha. So, I mean, it sounds really um, ideal, but I just could not calm myself enough. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the, it might be that when we first sit down, when the mind is actually in a state of being obsessed, we might need to just do mindfulness practice first. And I shouldn't put just in front of mindfulness, it's a very profound practice, but we might need to first start with mindfulness, and you were aware of what was happening, because I know you're already a mindfulness practitioner, Um, but the uh, the the teaching on uh, how obsession is countered by shamatha practice is that when the mind is um, in a state of shamatha, it is slowly eroding the foundation for obsession, but it might be though that when we're fully caught up in obsession, it's hard to get to that. So. But luckily, everything is temporary. So eventually we won't be obsessed. And then if we do the shamatha practice, it will begin to undermine that tendency to be obsessed. Does that unfold it a little it make a little bit more clear how to bring that in?
1: Well, it sort of colors the mood so that even if there is a minor something that comes up later, it creeps out. Um, So it's just like things keep adding up. And yes, I, I can see what you mean about being mindful, but I just had to just completely put a stop, go on a walk, do some stuff in the yard to sort of reset. It just, it, I could not sit still to do shamatha.
0: Okay, yeah, that no, that sounds skillful, though what you did. Uh, obsessions can be very strong, it's certainly true. And I love that, uh, you found one today <laughs> and, and at, at the same time as this teaching. So um, maybe with the memory fresh in your mind, but but it seems apparently some the, the major part of it over, you'll benefit a lot from the, the learning of um, even the memory of having it this morning. I hope that will be the case. Okay, very good. Well, let's... Um, Let's go ahead and get started uh, meditating then.